0: Welcome to the Social Ideas Podcast, brought to you by the Cambridge Centre for Social Innovation. This series looks through the lens of those striving for a better world. I'm Pam Mungru. Cambridge Social Ventures supports a range of businesses that have positive social and environmental impacts. Through their 12 month incubator programme, the team at CSV provides expert business advice, training, and networking, enabling social entrepreneurs to grow their businesses to the next level. Leonore Lord-Patterson is one of CSV's business advisors. I started the interview by asking her why people would want to start a social venture.
1: Wonderfully, it's not just about the money. It's about the community. It's about people. It's about what more people can add to their community. And so many people, because of personal reasons, want to do more than just earn money. And they can do that and run a business at the same time. So, social entrepreneurs gives people the opportunity to do what's in their heart, and that's the thing that makes them passionate and excited. Earn money from it and benefit the community as well. I think it gives you a whole different set of values and a different set of skills. And I think increasingly we're working towards being a value driven, values driven society. So, I, I'm it's a it's a really good opportunity for people to really explore and use their values in their day job
0: you mentioned that you feel that we're moving towards becoming a more values driven society what do you mean by that
1: good question it's not just about money what I'm finding is in the beginning of your life it's about money it's about what you can do with your money but as you sort of hit that sort that crest maybe in your 30s and 40s you look around and maybe you have a family and you recognize the world is not just about possessions. It's about relationships. It's about people. It's about community. It's about the intangibles. And I'm finding that especially as people hit maturity in their career and their age, they're looking elsewhere to fulfill themselves in, in a different way. And that's from personal experience. My background is as a life coach as well. And talking to people, And when you really scratch beneath the surface of beyond, I want a job, and you really unpick what people really want to do, it's not have a job, it's help people or to support the planet, or it's to address a problem or to support their community. It's more than that. The minute you scratch the surface, and most of that is driven by something that's happened to them personally. Two things in the world that are inevitable, tax and death. And, Apart from that, everything is up to change. If you experience either HMRC calling you financial worries or you experience a bereavement or ill health or something or or you look at the planet dying, it can drive you to do more than just earn money and buy clothes and go shopping and have lunch and have holidays.
0: So you've spoken there about value driven society becoming more of a norm. But why do you think with everything that's going on in the world? then that the people really are turning to social entrepreneurship and social ventures to try and fix the problems that are going on across the globe.
1: I'm gonna give you the business advisors answer for this. Then it's in two parts. Firstly, it makes good business sense to consider the community and the world. Because if I'm selling to you, and I'm just about money and profit, you might not like me quite as much, but if I'm about you and your community and your area or your locality, you might be more enamoured with me. Corporates have whole departments linked to their social values and achieving their social missions. It makes good business sense to be doing more than just earning money. And the corporates are doing that and they're doing that actively, whether it's grants, whether it's community involvement, they are doing it and whether they have a um, sideline, it's been around forever. Why are people doing it? Because people like people in general. People want to help and support people as well. And they want to do, I I suppose they want to do more than just be on the treadmill, just earn a living. They want to have more of an impact for their children, for what comes after. But I think people, we're social beings and we want to connect with nature and with each other. The other thing that I found is that there are so many societal problems that can be addressed when somebody has the want and the inclination, the talent, the energy and the passion to address it. So whether it's breastfeeding, you know, children have an inability to breastfeed and somebody else giving them breast milk, being donated from elsewhere, or whether it's an organisation that supports neurodiverse people. When people recognise a problem and they recognise they know the answer, some people get up and do something about it. They set up a business, they become a freelancer, they put their money where their mouth is because they've seen what the need is and the difference they can make.
0: How then do these smaller, individual, community-driven social enterprises make that change without being completely devoured by the bigger corporate companies?
1: They focus on localism, Pam. They absolutely focus on building communities, building... I, 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 the word I use is, is finding their tribe. They connect with the people that they're working with. You don't get devoured if you know the names or the personalities or the profiles or the avatars of the people that you're serving and they keep close to their stakeholders. That's the difference between a small company and a large company. The small company has that relationship, has that personal knowledge and has that local localism, whether it's geographical or just through the network, through that specialized network, they know who they're talking to.
0: As you said, you are a business advisor for Cambridge Social Ventures. First of all, may I ask you what your business advising CV is? OK,
1: so I'm a SPDY accredited business, social enterprise business advisor, which means that I've qualified and trained to be a business advisor for social enterprises. Um, I have a business degree, a teaching qualification, a master's in psychology and occupational organisational psychology. I'm an NLP practitioner. I'm a fellow of the RSA. I'm a Winston Churchill Fellow, and I've been advising businesses for, I don't know, 20 years. I'm also an IOEE qualified mentor as well, and currently studying my PhD in occupational psychology.
0: That's quite a CV. How do you use those experiences then, that knowledge, that education, to help others be successful?
1: That's such a very good question, how Do you know, I think my talent is I'm curious. I have a very, 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 varied background from fashion to charities to travel and tourism to corporates. And that's made me really curious about people, about life, about things. And it's that curiosity that has put me on so many courses and put me on so many paths. And that's the curiosity and the interest in people that allows me to ask some prudent questions and some really powerful questions to allow people to really develop their business and take it on. I'm also a believer in there's no failure, only feedback. So if you believe in something, let's go for it. And if that doesn't work, then we'll try it in a different way and see whether that works. And if that doesn't work, we'll try something else. And we keep going, because there's no failure, only feedback.
0: As one of the business advisors for Cambridge Social Ventures, you're involved really with the incubator cohort of social entrepreneurs that come along. How do you work with those social entrepreneurs?
1: I work in a very person-centered approach. We have a really exciting program of workshops that we take all of our, our cohort through. My role is very much to be their mentor, their coach, their advisor, and to use Cambridge's resources and network to be able to support and answer any of the questions that they have it is so lonely running a business it's really really hard and incredibly lonely and what you sometimes need is someone a trusted person to stress test your idea to tell you whether it's got legs or to explore what the potential pitfalls are so a lot of my time is well on one hand you could do this on another hand you could do this and let's look at what the implications are lots of critical thinking, lots of decision-making. I meet with my cohort, depending on what they're doing, maybe once a month. And we have a conversation about what's working, what's not working, what are they doing well? What could they do more of? What are their next plans? And reviewing any of the paperwork that they're putting out. But it very much depends on what stage that the business is at, whether it's conceptual or whether it's in, in a growth phase, or it very much depends on where they are. and. Fortunately, I have the ability to meet them where they are, as opposed to where I think they should be. So if they're still trying to, you know, thrash out what their articles are or thrash out who's going to be on their board. Yeah, I can I can come in and advise on that. I've sat on enough boards and, and worked with enough companies to actually know, you know, what works and what doesn't work and how to build a team and how to maintain a team. But I'm a critical friend and I'm a stress tester as well in terms of my role as a business advisor. And also a source not I don't know everything and things change so much what I am is a conduit so if somebody wants HR advice yeah I know some but more importantly I know where they can get more specialist advice and that's really where we add value to the businesses that we work with.
0: When when you're working with these individuals and you're supporting and advising and guiding and encouraging how do you help them get past that moment where inevitably pretty much in any situation a new any new endeavor everybody hits that moment where the fear really kicks in and they suddenly go "Huh, oh, maybe I shouldn't actually be doing this is this pointless it's not going to work I'm an idiot I'm going to go hide under a table somewhere
1: that's it's a real ongoing problem for any entrepreneur that that doubts and it's that that's that chip that's on your shoulder that's saying go get a job don't, it's just too much hard work. And that chimp could be an uncle and aunt or somebody else or a neighbor that says, you know, why are you putting yourself through this? You can earn double the money doing something else. So, w- what I do is reflect on the foundations and what they've built, reflect on the resources they have around them, and also reflect on feedback. So, if you're running a business, you've got to go out and talk to your potential customers and your potential suppliers. And it's that information. That should give you the confidence that you're in the right place. It cannot just come out of your head. It must be coming out of feedback from your steering group, your colleagues, but most importantly, your customers. And what I do is bring them back to, why do you think it could work? What is the problem? How are people going to feel after your intervention? What is the difference you're going to make? And if we can focus on that positive, then sometimes, more often than not, there's that switch. So moving them away from, I can't, I can't, I can't. Well, what's the difference? Is it going to make if you can or when you do? And that can often be the switch for, for many people. And recognising what they've achieved so far.
0: There are bound to be people who are listening to this podcast who think, well, I have this idea. I think it's a good idea. But what makes me better than anybody else to make this idea happen?
1: What comes up for me when you say that pam is um, imposter syndrome people thinking about perfectionism thinking they need to have all of the ducks lined up in a row you know the question that they ask themselves why why is that person able to charge 500 pounds and i can only charge 200 a lot of that is imposter syndrome and do you know what there's enough business in the world for everybody really to do what they want to do you don't have to be the only person so if you're if you're doubting yourself, get a partner, collaborate, work with somebody, go talk to your customers, go get feedback from the people that you've worked with, and ask them, "What did you do well and what could you do better of? If you stay in your head, that monkey, that that paradox monkey, that doubting monkey, is going to scream louder and louder. Get out of your head, talk to people, find out what you do well, what you could do better. Take that on board and, and learn from it. But also find out what people's problems are. And also know the difference that you make. If your business is to provide, you know, counseling to autistic young people who are extremely stressed, and you're good at what you do, and you believe in what you do, focus on what happens after your intervention the difference it's going to make to not only that child, but to their teacher, to their family, to their siblings. That's where we should keep our eye
0: on. So, Len, in terms of marginalised communities, disabled people from the BAME communities, LGBTQ communities, why do we not seemingly, why do we not see more social entrepreneurs from those communities?
1: This is a very honest answer because they don't go out and get the support from organizations like Cambridge Social Ventures, who are gonna tell them how to get the funding to scale their business up, who can tell them how to structure their business so it can be investable, so that they can attract the people that they want to. So I think some of the entrepreneurs with protected characteristics, whatever they may be, don't have the confidence to go out and go to Cambridge Social Ventures and say, yeah, I wanna be part of this program and look what I can do. They stay maybe quite small and maybe think quite small. But once you gather a steering group and a team around you and they start putting in the scaffolding, you can build a much bigger building than you can by yourself. So just, just to answer your question, Pam, I think they're not going out and getting the advice and don't have the confidence to go out and get the advice. But I also think, quite selfishly, that they don't often see advisors or mentors who look like them, whether it's as a female, as a person with a disability or um, from a black and minority ethnic community or who speaks their language or who understands their culture. So they also feel that they cannot go and talk to that person because that person doesn't quite understand them in that way. Fortunately, diversity and equality and inclusion is one of my strengths and I know a lot about it, especially disability and ethnicity as well. And that allows me to be able to allow people to relax, to be able to feel that I can support them to scale their business and move on in that way. They need to see people like themselves. And people like myself need to be in these roles, supporting social entrepreneurs in general, to scale, to grow, to succeed.
0: My final question to you, Len, is how do you see social entrepreneurship social venturing moving forward from two years after a pandemic, uh, cost of living crisis that's going on, political upheaval that's happening all over the world.
1: I feel social entrepreneurs are gonna be increasingly important. For some of the people that are suffering from the impact of COVID, whether it's mental health, physical health, financial insecurity, they are going to be, social entrepreneurs are going to be helping to bridge the gap in some of the skills and expertise that people need to move their life forward in a way that most commercial organisations cannot. The government doesn't have the ability to go out and help people individually, doesn't have the reach into the communities, but the communities do. But it shouldn't all be charitable because people don't generally value things they get for nothing. How many web, web websites web have you registered for and not turned up at? Don't value it. Put a little bit of skin in the game and they're more likely to turn up social entrepreneurs who are trading but for more than just profit are going to be able to recognize the problems and provide innovative solutions to some of the problems within the community going forward so i feel they're increasingly important and i think corporates are recognizing that they're understanding that by working with social entrepreneurs or funding them whatever they want to do they're able to really make a difference in some really powerful and exciting communities The world is getting virtual and it's getting smaller and we care about each other so social entrepreneurs are going to help make that happen make those connections
0: that was leonore lord patterson business advisor for cambridge social ventures you can find out more about the work of csv and apply for its 2023 incubator program by clicking on the link in the program notes or by searching for cambridge social ventures online Find out more about us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter and YouTube.